Hi, my name is Alex Evans, and this is Composer's Concepts. This episode, I had a nice talk with my good friend Mark Riley. We talked about him discovering music growing up in the church and the recent Black Lives Matter movement, and the impact that it's been having all over the world. Let's head over to that conversation now. Thank you, Mark, for being on the podcast. So starting out, um, people who aren't familiar with you, um, just talk a little bit about yourself, your your um, beginning with music and sort of what got you into music. Uh, well, I guess uh, my first experience with music was in the church years ago. That's where it all started. Uh, so I get my gospel background and uh, from there I moved to uh, Toronto and played in a few bands there. And... Moved back to Nova Scotia, and uh, here I am back this way playing in, I don't know, two or three or four bands, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Plus doing my own album at the same time. Mm. Yeah, so you're, you're working on, you're working on your, your own album still there. I remember we were talking a few weeks ago there, and you had some songs in some preliminary stages, but you're, you're still working on that stuff? Uh, yeah, we, are, we have about eight songs at the moment. So uh, mm-hmm. we're getting ready to release a song, probably a song that's pretty important to what's going on right now in the world. So mm-hmm. we're about to release a song. We did uh, some video footage about a week ago. And the track's already, like I said, and we're going to release soon, shortly. Nice. Yeah. Um, and, and like, how has the, how's the whole COVID thing affected, affected you guys as far as playing music and doing live shows and stuff? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, a shocker. You would never think you would go from playing so many gigs, you know, I probably play four to six times a month to not playing at all, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really it's really different. Uh, we've been trying to uh, do a lot of uh, video stuff now, but it's just not the same because most of the time you're playing by yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not getting the energy from like the crowd and everything. No. So, like, how many how many gigs did you really realistically have to cancel from it all? I have probably canceled from since March. I've probably canceled close to thirty gigs now. Jeez. Yeah. So everything is canceled. Yeah, I haven't I haven't played in a long time. <laughs> mm. I don't have anything <clears throat> coming. Everything's being canceled week after week. I'm getting calls and they're just being canceled. So. Can yeah. You? yeah. You said you have something coming up at the end of the month here as well that you're getting ready for? Uh, yeah, we're doing a virtual concert for uh, Deep Roots. And uh, mm-hmm. so we're going to, it's it's part of the uh, Black Lives Matters initiative. And mm. uh, yeah, so it's there's uh, two 30-minute uh, segments to the concert. And I'm doing the second one. And mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what's happening. Nice. That's, that's coming up on the 27th of June. Awesome. And like, I remember, I mean, I remember when, back when I was going to school, I mean, you, you have the shoulder to shoulder group that you guys would, you still go to schools and you play concerts and everything like that. What's, do you want to explain a little bit about what that project sort of entices and what you guys cover with that? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, the guys, I've been probably with them for a, about 12 years or so now. I think they've been doing it for about 25 years where they go out into the school system and they do a um, performance of music and they also do some speeches and they they talk about uh, bullying and uh, racism, stuff like that. Stuff that's pretty important to the kids. Uh, it's pretty important to the teachers too. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I remember, I definitely remember, uh, you know, yeah, being in school and seeing seeing you guys come and do some shows. Weirdly enough, I don't, I don't, for some reason, I don't remember seeing you when I was like in elementary school. But the only one, I only remember, I the only person I think I remember seeing is Lawrence, who is like he's sort of like the the main front guy right now or whatever, isn't he? Or yes, sort of one of them. He's been there the whole yeah. time. Yes, him yeah. and uh, Bobby. And mm. Billy just retired from the band uh, just before Christmas, so Billy was one yeah. of the original members. Nice. Yeah. So, so yeah, sort of speaking about you know the recent stuff going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, like how has uh, like what what are your opinions on that? Do you think that there's actually going to be some some permanent change from this coming up? I think there's going to be some. Uh, I can't say how much, of course, but. Uh, Mm. It's the this time it seems a little different. There's more protests going on all over the world now, and you know there's more uh, black and white people involved this time. So I think mm. it's uh, I don't know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I just hope every everybody treats each other equally. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was just talking to you as well. Like, I had I had an experience with the police last night at work and stuff like that too but it just i mean i'm a, I'm a white person so it's you know it's nothing nothing of that substantial but like it just it just made me sort of curious too like it must it must just be a bad time to be like a police officer right now too like i mean unfortunately you know there's a lot of bad like police out there but there's some good ones out there and i, I feel like they just all get a really bad rap right now because of what's been going on and just in general so yeah, absolutely. It's really weird. Yeah, me myself, I have lots of uh, friends who are policemen <laughs> that are my yeah. age, and you know, they're black yeah. and white, and you know, there's some very nice people out there. So, you mm. know, they always say a few bad apples spoil it for the whole bunch, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It's weird. I mean, I, I I listen to lots of podcasts and stuff like that when I'm at work too, because I've got I've got time to kill and stuff to listen to. Right. Um, but uh, they're like. This is more so in California and stuff like that, but there's certain places um, where like they just can't, they just can't find police officers to hire in certain areas just because of, like, you know, reputations or anything, right? And then so they apparently they have to resort to hiring whoever they can hire, and they're just these power-hungry bullies, right? And it just, it then that's sort of what starts all this all this stuff from happening, right? Yeah, it's it's a uh shame yeah, that people <laughs> get in the power sometimes they're always you know not always but sometimes the wrong people right and yeah once they're there it's hard to get them out mm. it's like that all over the world right and, you know i've been yeah. in quite a few places i've lived in toronto for a while and uh you know i've been harassed a few times in toronto i've been harassed many times in nova scotia so yeah yeah you just well, I'm, i mean yeah I mean, we worked we worked together at, at a music store for 
well, I mean, you've been there for quite a while, but I've, I was only there for like a, a year and a bit. But just conversations that we had there, like there's just so many, so many stories, man. Like you had one where you were just in, you were just going into a liquor store and the police officer was just taking your license plate down just because of the color of your skin. Yeah, that's right. The lady in front of me, she said, uh, I don't mean to be rude, but the officer's taking your license plate number. I said, okay, that's fine. You know, everything's legit, so. Yeah. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah. It's so weird, like, just a few things, too, that you point out to me, like, when we're, when we're working together, you're like, you see that? And then from, like, that point forward, like, I just can't help but notice it, like, when it happens to you, it's just crazy. Like, you're sitting right there at the counter, ready to help somebody. Someone will come in and completely avoid eye contact with you and just go to someone else. And it's just, it's just crazy. Like, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a strange world, but uh, I don't know how people get that way. If they're taught to be that way to avoid certain people or what, I don't know. But it just, mm. yeah. It's it's been going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, so like, with um with other sort of genres of music that were, you know, created by black musicians. You know, there's like jazz, and then there's, you know, soul, funk, other genres of that nature. Like, do you like do you find it's it's a bad thing when there's white people who are like playing that those genres of music and not sort of respecting or acknowledging the roots of those music, those genres of music? Well, it's great that they that they play it. Um, I don't know. They really can't hide where it came from because you can feel, you can tell the music, right? But it's great. It's great that it, the music is so universal that everybody is listening. Everybody's attempting to play it. So that's a great thing for me, anyhow. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And like, how would you say that music has has helped you going through your life dealing with different things resolving you know with racism and everything like how has has music been uh, an aid for you well definitely given me the opportunity to be in places i could say where i probably would normally wouldn't be you know i do a lot of uh, big conferences and, and things like that that you know i'm probably one of the only uh people of color in the in the room <laughs> you know so it's given me the opportunity yeah. to be in a mix and with people, you know, different races, different mm. different uh, statuses, and yeah. So I yeah. Enjoy, I enjoy has it, it. Has it? Yeah. Has it like helped you? Has it helped you like cope with stuff like mentally and everything like that? Is it? Has it been like a nice sort of sort of uh, therapy in ways too? It is. You know, you, you always say there's if you can't uh, listen to, you can't take me singing a lyric of a song back to you. <laughs> about something that yeah. you just said then you know you're not really my friend right but <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> but but there's always a story there's a music there's a song for everything is what i'm trying to say so mm. it's, it's always helped me i've always tried to find a way through a song to, to think like hey maybe yeah okay i could do that right yeah 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 i mean i mean yeah it's it's uh it, it, i mean i think it's pretty crazy like what what music can what music can do for you know the mental side of things it's it's quite crazy um but but yeah you also mentioned that this thing that you're doing uh on the 27th for the deep root the deep roots festival here locally um you're doing like a, a bill withers song are you we're doing the bill withers song 
tomorrow for okay a, during another concert which is the kind of the pre whatever to our concert just the introduction to our concert that's coming up in two weeks but uh yeah so yeah we'll be doing the bill with the song for tomorrow and next week we'll be doing a bunch of probably marvin gay stuff like that you know mm. a lot of political music yeah well recently just on like my own instagram page i've been posting like what i've been doing lately is posting just like lyrics from different songs that i've been listening to that just seem so like they're written back in like the 70s and they're still completely relevant to what's going on like just right now right it's just it's crazy the seeming lack of progress and and advancements we've made in like 40 years 50 years yes yes like yeah especially uh, marvin Gaye. i said he was probably slightly ahead of his time i guess because a lot of his songs are very uh very worldly songs and if Mm. you listen to the lyrics of some of these his songs like what's going on and uh he's got one called what's happening brother and if you listen to the lyrics of these songs and they talk about stuff that's going on you know picket lines and picket signs and stuff like that yeah 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 the music is yeah very important Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, like i was um i was listening to uh like i can like i can tina turner yeah um what's it what's the song called i i can't remember now um well, I'm gonna have to look it up because, but it, it was just it was just crazy. Like the lyrics just seemed so, like it just looked like they were like almost experiencing what was going on just today. Insane. Really? Um, uh, working together by Ike and Tina working Turner. Together, okay. Yeah. There's so much music that relates to what's going on today. Hmm. Um. So, and and as well, I remember like back when we used to work with each other as well. Like there was sort of a meeting that you you attended once uh once a month um what was what was that meeting for again i can't quite remember that's the valley african nova scotia department of something <laughs> anyhow it's for the valley but uh <laughs> yeah it's it, what they are they're like a a workforce which uh helps out the minorities they help them to get jobs they help to train them and uh, I'm just hap- I'm just not one of the board members, so we kind of oversee every all the activities that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have. A, Is there? Oh, keep going, sorry. Yeah, so, so we have we have a business meeting once a month where we, we're with the executive board. Okay. Is there is there like ways to donate to the, to you guys as well there to help with stuff and? Uh yeah, I mean they're they're government run office, so I don't know about donations i'm they're all government funded right Mm -hmm. they have uh, many programs that they they do and they're all government funded uh so yeah i'm sure you can make donations but i mean they're taken well taken care of now okay (laughs) yeah cool so so yeah like what uh is is there is is there been like i mean mean, i'm definitely assuming there's probably been some conversation about the recent events through that board and stuff like that is there is there any plans coming up in the future that you're aware of um they try not to be they try to be a little more transparent they don't want to get too deeply involved in everything right because they like i said they're government office mm-hmm. so you know even though they are involved because a lot of most of the complaints direct they come back to them right 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we're really not trying to be involved 100% <laughs> unless it's something that's really important and then we know the facts, then we can get involved. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but it's, yeah, some, sure. it's something, it's a committee thing, right? We always have to vote on whether we're going to get involved in anything. Mm. Um, is and and so like what what have been what was has have your experience been working like fifteen plus years in a music store like how have you have you seen all this kind of stuff evolve uh, music industry you know and everything like that? Um, I don't know. Well, I've seen some people. I've met a lot of people when they're younger, and I still see some people when they're older. And some of them have advanced, some haven't. Uh, <laughs> For me, it's a great uh, communication tool, of course, for me, because I, mm. you know, I get to meet people all the time. I usually know what's going on in the music scene because I talk to people all the time. Uh, mm. Yeah, and I, you know, yeah, I get some uh, great gigs from it as well. You know, people call the store and say, "Hey, you have someone who will do this, someone for a party." Uh, yeah, I say, "Okay, yeah, we can do that." You get to meet lots of great people and. Uh, it just seems strange now that all the stuff that's going on and uh, we spent the first part of March and April where no one was allowed in the store. So it yeah. was quite different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I went there a few times to pick up a couple things. Uh, the mic included that I'm talking to <laughs> talking to you with now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a weird experience. Like the COVID stuff and then especially here in Nova Scotia, like a couple, like a month or so ago, we had like that huge massacre like the largest massacre in all of canada yes. canadian history and then on top of all that now this like what the like the video and everything that came out with with george floyd and everything so it's just it's just crazy like all this stuff stacked on top of each other it just seems so overwhelming yeah i know and yeah it's bad enough that you you have to stay inside right isolate self-isolation and uh yeah, yeah like i said to stack all the other stuff on top of it is just wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never think that would ever happen, and it's all mm. happening at once, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty, uh, it's pretty emotional, pretty psychological. A lot of people are really being affected. Now we're, our store is open again to the public, and you know it's still not the same. Like people come in the store, but you know they they self distance, and other people yeah. don't self distance, and you have to tell them to step step back, right? So <laughs> it's a whole new world right mm. yeah so yeah i mean it's gonna i think it's gonna take months to years before everything even goes back to normal beyond a vaccination coming out with this stuff but yeah i mean it's just it's just crazy um moving on from all the depressing covid stuff um <laughs> what so what what kind of i mean you said you said you sort of you know introduction to music was sort of growing up in the church and everything like that um what would you say like are our big musical influences outside of that like what what kind of stuff did you listen to growing up and then into started gigging and stuff like that well i was uh i'm always a stevie wonder fan stevie's my boy mm-hmm. right so I mean, you know i like yep. prince i was a michael jackson guy uh black street uh who else uh, there's so many people out there right that i listen to d'angelo i know you like d'angelo so mm-hmm. he's one of my guys too right but, yeah yeah lots of but, influences I, I remember it was funny like i remember one of the first days i was working with you at the music store we were talking about music musical influences stuff we listened to or whatever and i brought up music soul child and you were like completely surprised that i'd ever heard of, i've even heard of him <laughs> yes i was because he's probably always been my favorite 
guy, right? Music mm-hmm. soul child, yeah, yeah. I'm always singing one of his songs. I sang one at a wedding a few years ago, and yeah, like, wow, man, that's a, that's my guy. <laughs> but yeah, you really surprised me there, man. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like the the stuff that you and another guy at the music store, Brock, had introduced me to over the like the the few years I worked with you guys was just it's crazy. Like it's it's so weird that it's like I mean, growing up, I listened to a lot of like metal music and stuff like that in high school and now i barely listen to that stuff at all and i don't like you know everything i listen to now is like the stuff that you guys show me in recent years like stevie wonder and al green and and bill withers and just all that kind of stuff now and and yeah d'angelo i sort of started listening to like a year or two before i started working with you guys but it's just crazy like i don't i don't i can't really put my finger on why it's it's just such good music. I don't. I can't really fully articulate it, but right. Yeah, I know. It's it's just. Uh, I don't know. It's a different type of music. It's more rhythm oriented, I guess, and I mm. think it's more uh, feel good music to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whether the Al Green, Al Green has the vocals, or someone else has a nice rhythm or guitar licks, and it's just mm. tasty stuff to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was I was listening to this video with um oh, what's what's it like Booker T and um and he was just talking about all the different like stacks stuff that he used to play on like he played on like pretty much all of uh, Otis Redding's stuff and everything like that it was just it was crazy like just the different people that are involved with other other musicians that you're just completely unaware of but it it was just it was cool it was like a two hour two hour podcast or whatever else to do with booker t on it it was cool wow yeah booker t yeah that's pretty cool just as well as uh jimmy hendrix you know jimmy hendrix started off with the isley brothers right i don't mm. know if you ever listened to the isley brothers but if you listen to the, some of their first stuff from way back uh, mm. you look at the credits and you'll see uh mr jimmy hendrix playing guitar <laughs> the yeah. Isley brothers yes so yeah that's pretty cool pretty neat What's- their name is super familiar, but I can't I can't think of what they're like really popular. What the what the, what's like the really really popular one? Uh, Isley Brothers, you mean? Yeah. Oh, you got me. <laughs> you got me on this one. <laughs> I'll look it up real quick. Yes. Um 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 um. Jeez, it's not even showing up on the Spotify as far as like the, the title here, but. Top five popular songs is This Old Heart of Mine, Shout, Parts 1 and 2, It's Your Thing, Love the One You're With, and Between the Sheets. Between the Sheets, yeah. It's Between Your Thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember what I was going to say. Lost my train of thought on that one. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's, there's lots of, lots of really, really good music out there. It's so weird too. Like I try to find new musicians that capture that that energy and that vibe, and I just can't find anyone like beyond like mid seventies that like that captures that that you know does that does that those genres well. It's hard to find new people. Very very hard. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you listen to a lot of songs that are influenced by those songs, right? A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of times you hear someone it will play it a song you hear it on the radio and someone will say hey well somebody did that 25 years ago or whatever right now yeah. what are you talking about 
right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then like um, like just like I don't know. I find like R and B that's produced now is just like so overproduced, and the vocals are just so so edited to crap. It's just like it, I don't know. It doesn't sound like R and B that I I know is R and B. It's weird. Yeah, they use a lot of uh, vocal effects and stuff like that now. The T Pain effect and things like that <laughs> yeah. now. You know, it's it's just not the same. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a few good vocalists out there, really. You know, the yeah. few and far between, they always were, right? But, yeah, I, I remember. I remember we used to talk all the time too about the. Uh, we could. I, I don't think we could ever find it. I tried to find footage of it, but. You were you were always mentioning this like this video of Al Green and Justin Timberlake singing on stage together, <laughs> and Justin Timberlake singing, and then Al Green comes in and he just completely overpowers him. <laughs> yes, yes, I always remember that. Yeah, it's always saying you used to sound like a mosquito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The pros and the Joes. That's how I uh, I said it before. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 there was this. There's also this video I saw too. It was like an Al Green, like it was like a celebration, like an event honoring him, and there was like uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire that played an Al Green song, and then and Jill Scott played an Al Green song, and then someone else I can't remember who it was. But there's a third person that did one, but it, it was it was cool to like to hear those different arrangements and just like. They showed Al Green just like listening to these people covering his own songs. It was, you know, pretty cool, emotional, emotional video. Yeah, yeah. Some people can do it well, you know. If you have the right band, then uh, you can almost pull it off. But this is only one Al Green, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was weird though, because like the Jill Scott did a song, and it was like, I really, really liked it. And then there was. Like, if I went and looked up her own stuff, and her own stuff just sounds like very, like, pretty basic pop R&B stuff, and it was just like, like, I heard the capabilities of her voice when she was doing the Al Green song. It just, it, it always sucks when you hear someone singing, and then their own release stuff is just, like, nowhere near that capability of their voice. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yes, it just seems to be more of a, a dance music person, but, yeah. She can really sing. Jill Scott has probably seven albums out, and nobody really knows that much about it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know what? I think I think unfortunately I think I I the the Al Green song it was I think it was Jennifer Hudson, not Jill Scott. Oh, Jennifer Hudson. Now that I'm okay, of it. Well, she's talented as uh, well. But she she was like she was on that Cats movie. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that just because it got like super super weird reviews first coming out. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah. but that's that's who I meant. No, uh, Jill Scott. Jill Scott. Her stuff's really good. Um, yeah. Jennifer Hudson is who I was talking about. Her her like album releases just don't match that performance at all. It's weird. No. Yeah, she only really gets to let loose every once in a while. It seems like when she's doing something live, then she really gets a chance to let loose. Mm. But yeah, she, whoever's producing her is not getting uh, what they should be getting from her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let's think of something else to talk about here in the music-related. Um, so yeah, I mean, you have you said you're in like three or four, three or four bands. So you got you got your your main Mark Riley project. Mark Riley project. 
Yeah, I have then, uh, the PM Blues, which mm-hmm. is a four-piece blues band. And uh, I have a jazz band called the High Tide Shuffle Jazz Crew. Mm-hmm. It's four of us in that one. And sometimes I just do solo stuff or duo stuff. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I remember Remember, you went and played like a few different wedding ceremonies and, and I, I think maybe a couple funerals and stuff like that when we're working together, you would you yeah. go and play some of those just by yourself, acoustic guitar. Yes, that's right. I once worked with for the funeral home as their singer. Yeah. So they oh, awesome. okay. call me like twice a week to do a funeral. <laughs> and I get, they pay me when I come to do it. I walk in and give me a check here, Mr. Riley. And I yeah. sing, sing two songs and leave. <laughs> I didn't know any of the people. I just went and did it. They paid me. So, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Did it for about a year and a half. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I never knew that part. Pretty weird at times, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, when you play that same piece of music with, like, the Mark, like, the same song with, like, the Mark Riley projects and the, and the PM Blues and stuff like that, how do you, like, how do you find, how do you find those bands vary? Like, do you try to, like, make, say, you know, a, a soul song or Stevie Wonder song sound more bluesy if with the PM Blues band versus the Mark Riley project? Definitely, because it's different instrumentation. But mm-hmm. really, in reality, of all the bands I have, there are probably only two or three songs that I play with more than one band. Mm-hmm. So I really planned it that way so that, you know, you would if you went to see me at a different venue, if I was playing two nights with two different bands, all the music mm-hmm. would be different. Yeah. Yeah, so there's only two or three songs that, you'll ever hear me sing with more mm-hmm. than one band and and when sometimes i mean i mean i know sometimes you like you used to play like six gigs in a row pretty much like back to back to back to back how do you how do you maintain your voice how do you keep how do you keep care of your voice especially working at a music store during the day where you have to talk to customers all day what are you doing to, to keep your voice in check uh, I don't know. Drink lots of water, I guess. <laughs> Try not to yell at people. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's all about really controlling your voice when you're singing, right? And mm-hmm. if I'm setting up my set list and I set it up so that the harder songs to sing come later at night, because you can't start off the night and sing five Stevie Wonder songs in a row. Yeah. Right, because they're all at the top of my register. So instead, I will will uh, start the night off easy some most of the time, and vocally anyhow. Right, yeah. the band the band could still be really driving pretty hard, but I keep the vocals. I I build it as the night goes on. That way, by the end of the night, I'm okay, and I can do it again mm-hmm. the next night and do it the same way. Right. Yeah. So like, there's definitely a lot of. Sort of attention and care to like the order of the set list sometimes with oh absolutely what songs yeah. are going to need those things yeah very important yeah it's weird i mean i've i've been i've been trying to learn and and get better at singing myself because i want to do some of my own stuff that i'm going to sing on but i don't know it's weird like i'm gonna have to get some lessons from you or something because it's <laughs> it's super weird i'll yeah. just be i'll just be in the car or, like coming from home to work or vice versa and then, like, my voice is just, like, shot by the time I get to just, like, a 15, 20-minute drive away. So it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, 
crazy the uh, crazy the the tolerance that you can build up from doing it for years yeah. and years. It's yeah, yeah. We went and we did a, a, a video shoot last week, and really it's kind of the first time I sang for more than ten minutes. And it's, yeah. it was starting to get to me after about 15 minutes. I could feel my voice starting to crack a bit. And I was like, wow, I'm out <laughs> of practice, man. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, is, there, is, there, is there genres that you find easier or harder to sing? Like with the, with the jazz stuff, I mean, I'm, I, I sat in on a couple of rehearsals recording you guys and stuff. And you, like, you guys would sing some Gregory Porter songs and stuff like that. Um, is it more so a range thing or is there like things typical in different genres that you're singing that don't wear as much on the voice? Uh, jazz is different. I mean, most of the time the notes are easier. You don't sing any falsetto or anything like that. But it's mm-hmm. all breath control when you're singing jazz. Like you have, you have to be able to hold the notes, right? I mean, yeah. And jazz notes are totally different singing than singing R&B where you're just flat out you know, pushing the notes out it's, a, it's as hard as you can, right? But, yeah. Yeah. It's different. Uh some of the R and B is different too when you when you get into falsetto. Then you really have to practice doing that too, right? So if I'm doing mm. songs with falsetto I tend to do them probably in the middle of my sets when I'm just about half there, right? Before I burn myself out in the third <laughs> set, right? <laughs> so Yeah. So yeah, stuff. Mm. And like, sort of, how did you how did you go about sort of discovering your own sound and stuff like that? Like, I mean, for myself, starting singing, I was just sort of, you know, like I mentioned, like just sort of singing to songs in the car and stuff like that when I'm driving places. But like, how how did you go about developing your own unique sort of sound to your voice and everything like that beyond using influences and stuff? Uh it's funny because, you know, usually I, I never really liked my voice when I was singing. People always said, you can sing, you're a great singer. And then I'd hear myself on a recording. I was like, ooh, is that me? You know? And, uh, <laughs> but I, I've kind of grown to, to get used to myself. And, and uh, you have to figure out certain ways of singing to, to make it easier for yourself, right? Like, mm. there's, there's a lot of things you can then go wrong when you're singing. But, uh, yeah. I try to keep it simple. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, it, mu- it must be weird too, because like I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Tyler the Creator, but he's like a he's like a rapper, but he he also he's expressed interest in like wanting to sing and stuff like that. But he's got like a very low voice, and a lot of the stuff he wants to sing is like '90s R&B stuff, like more high pitched falsetto stuff. But his voice just is incapable of doing that stuff. It would just <laughs> must suck to like have your voice in a range that is incapable of singing the stuff that you want to sing right <laughs> yeah yeah there's, yeah there's the point where you say you probably shouldn't go there yeah <laughs> do some do some barry white or something yeah yeah i know uh, guys that try that all the time try to sing mm. out of their out of the range and that uh, always never works out very well so yeah. there are certain songs that i don't sing just because i know it's not in my range so I won't mm. touch certain songs, so you know. Yeah, I mean, there's some songs as well that you can that you've like changed the key of a little bit, right, to fit your range a bit better and stuff. I try not to. I don't try not to. Yeah, there's not many songs that we change the keys on. 
So mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be ready. Guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. Yep, lots of practice. Mm. You know, I put lots of hours in it. Lots of time here in Toronto. Yeah, we were in Toronto and in the 90s now, and uh, we were ready to put out a, an album. And uh, yeah. I probably told you that story too about someone disappearing with all of our money, a manager of ours. Yeah. And that uh, kind of just squashed our, our career at that time. So, mm. yeah. And then you heard and then you heard that music in a movie or something like that, or a TV show, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, I did. Hear, I heard it on a soundtrack, and they just pulled all the vocals out of it. And, and the kid, and the guy who actually released it was the guy who was our keyboard player at the time. So, Jeez. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I've tried to friend him on Facebook a few times. He won't friend me though. <laughs> <laughs> Music industry is crazy, man. It makes it makes no sense. Like, I mean, I I try to I've been trying to get into composing and stuff like that as well. And like, I mean, I it's definitely applicable for all areas of the music industry, but like. As far as retaining the rights to your music from the get-go, right, is just sort of a very, I think it's probably a very important thing, right? And yeah. retaining royalties and stuff like that, too, because a lot of people probably make most of their money from royalties these days. I would think so, yeah, because uh, well, you're definitely not selling many uh, CDs or records anymore, right? Everything is yeah. on Spotify or wherever, right? And uh, you don't make much money from it, so... And mm. I don't know how the musicians are surviving right now. Anyone who's, you know, who's doing it for a living, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hopefully there's mm. something in place from the government that's helping these guys out because it's uh, pretty scary times and, you know, not much in the future. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the nice thing. I mean, hopefully for your situation, it didn't, inf- it didn't affect anything financially too much. But, like, it, it's nice that, you know, you you haven't necessarily i mean it's at least just for this time specifically that you haven't sort of made the leap of just doing music full-time and you have that backup cushion yeah. right so yes. it's yeah thought something to fall back on yeah <laughs> i'm only valley famous they say <laughs> well you know yeah. local legend <laughs> yeah i mean i mean it's crazy like it's weird like i i I mean, I'd love to help you too if if you ever want help as far as like distributing stuff online and stuff like that. I mean, I'd be glad to help you. Um, if I ever if I ever get to putting any stuff out that I'm singing on, I'll get you on some stuff. Yeah, can't help but do that. Yeah, well, hopefully, like I said, we'll be releasing that our song. It'll, we'll probably wait until the 27th of June before we do actually release our song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll probably do it on the uh, Deep Roots covid concert mm. so what's that song what's that song called, it's called and is it like it's called one step mm-hmm. yeah and it's just a song about i uh, i don't know <laughs> walking in someone else's shoes i guess and people yeah. helping out you know and uh starting with you you got to start with yourself if you want to help somebody else right Mm. So that's basically where the song's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's is that getting released as just Mark Riley? That's just a Mark Riley song? It's just a Mark Riley song, yes. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. So I have right now I have about eight songs, but I'm not gonna I don't think I'm gonna put them out as an E P I'm just gonna release them 
one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and will you probably be primarily playing your original stuff with the Mark Riley project, or will you be using the blue, the PM Blues and everything? It's kind of a combination right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the guys live far away. Some of the guys from the Mac Rally Project. So right now, right now, it's just not feasible for them to travel to play mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, yeah. So we're just doing we're doing what just enough to to perform right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be cool. Um, so yeah, with the virtual concert, are you guys gonna be playing together all in the same space? Hopefully, or is it gonna be like all you guys on video call playing from your own? They're going to be in the same space. There's only going to be four of us doing the concert. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a bass, piano, myself on guitar, and a, and a drummer percussionist. So it'll be more percussion than drums because it's just still going to be pretty intimate, I guess. Mm. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely have to try to check that out. It depends on what I'm working, unfortunately. You're right. Backshift, You're right. Is, backshift is not kind to a. Uh, yeah, to being a person, being a person in society, but right. but it is a virtual concert, so you can still catch up and uh, listen to mm. it. Yeah, that's true. When it's convenient. I mean, I remember earlier on, a few months ago, I saw you did sort of uh, you did like a, a gospel collaboration there. Um, there was like yeah. four or five of you guys yes. singing. Um, Gary Beals. But, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> beyond beyond that. Um, is this going to be your first? Is this going to be your first sort of virtual concert, virtual like show that you've been doing? Uh, not yet. No. Um, uh, we did shoulder to shoulder. One of the other bands did a virtual concert last week. Okay. Yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I've done a actually the the shoulder to shoulder one. We actually did in the studio. So we're going to be doing okay. the, the Deep Roots one. We're going to be in a studio together, nice. like I said. Um, the one that the collaboration that we did with, with Gary Beals and Jamie Sparks and Keontae Beals and mm-hmm. Sean Downey, we all did uh, that from home. Mm-hmm. So we all recorded our own parts and then uh, sent them off to uh, Sean and who mixed it down. And we someone else did the mix of the, the video. Nice. Yeah, so we, yeah, uh, I remember. We, uh, sorry, we get we're getting ready. We've actually done the music for another one already, so there will be another one coming out shortly. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I remember remember seeing that when it first came out. It was pretty pretty cool. It was like uh, wasn't expecting to see that, but it was it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, do do you? Do you get to sing as much gospel stuff as you'd like to, or does it not? Does the situations not really occur as often as you'd like? Uh, well, I just like singing, you know. Yeah. Whether it's gospel or R and B or jazz, I like singing. I like I like to make people happy. You know, mm-hmm. some people enjoy singing. Most of them do. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what keeps me singing, right? So actually, yeah. yes, I have a we have a gospel album that's coming out too. Soon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. So we have probably about, uh, I think we have eight songs on the gospel album as well right now. Okay. Yeah, so. Pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to release that. We're probably just going to release that as an album itself. Mm. Yeah. 
Do you like? Do you think you'll get like CDs and stuff like that made as well to sell at shows, or we'll do the gospel CD for sure? Yeah, because yeah. people in that genre still buy CDs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other the rest of people will listen to Spotify or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I remember I was having a talk with somebody and it was just like it was just so so crazy like the amount of like air quote royalties you get from a play on like Spotify or Apple Music or whatever it's like fractions of a cent. Yes. So like in order to like you know it just I think those those scales need to be readjusted because in order for a musician to make a living with the modern ways of doing so like you need like millions and millions of streams on any of these platforms to make like an average wage of of a human being which would be like a very popular musician at that point yes absolutely yeah you you yeah you need tons and tons of plays and well the only way the people were making money was going out and uh touring and performing right that's how people yeah. were making the money so you know that it's not it hasn't happened since march so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah not good right mm. yeah and i remember i remember we had a few conversations too just about playing gigs in general and like how you know the people the the venues that only want to pay a band or a musician like a hundred dollars a night for a gig you know and and the people the musicians unfortunately who are accepting that price are the ones that are that are ruining that or, or creating that that price point that's acceptable for people right and if everyone just refuses to play for less than so much money then it really improves and increases the income for like bands and musicians right yeah absolutely yeah there are, yeah there's a few buyers around who do that and uh they still continue to do it but you know i was last year i was approached by one of the buyers and they asked if the band would play for five hundred dollars mm-hmm. which i was quite surprised and uh i we didn't do it just because we were just playing up the street from the from the venue so <laughs> Yeah, but it was a nice gesture that they finally uh, recognize what I've been talking about, and I speak to people in in the store all the time about it. I said you just can't do that because you're just gonna you're crushing the industry for us here. Hmm. Do you see like going back after the whole pandemic thing is over? Do you see it like? Do you see it going back to that way? Like with people probably have less money than they did before this started. Do you, do you think people will go back to trying to offer like as little as they can for bands, or do you think they'll maintain the original price points that they that they were given? Well, I imagine there's going to be a few that can you know, maintain, but the majority of them, I would say, you know, things are going to go down. They're going to drop down. You're going to see soloists and duos playing. I think for the next little while, especially because of the spacing requirements as well, right? Yeah, I I heard that in the in the church that they have to have a twenty foot uh, space between a singer and anyone else, just because of the amount of like breath and spit they're pushing out yeah. from singing. Yeah, they said they have up to a twenty foot range. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be saying that in public, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna need, gonna need like a Aretha Franklin power voice there to, to get to the crowd, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I have a couple of gigs coming up next month, and I don't know whether they'll be canceled or downsized or 
I don't know yet. Mm. Yeah, I spoke to a person just a few days ago, and they don't want to lose us as a band, of course, but you got to yeah. ad adhere by the rules, too, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It is. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that's definitely going to be quite the uh, quite the situation. I mean, I don't, I'm not a gigging musician as of right now, so I can't even understand what those stresses might be. But like, yeah, I mean, especially being a full time musician, I know there's a few people in the in the area here that do that, and it must just be pretty rough on them right now. Yeah, it's got to be like, uh, and you know how it is with musicians; they don't always claim everything they make, so. Uh. <laughs> yeah. You know, so sometimes guys might not be eligible for funding and things like that, right? Just because they haven't mm. claimed everything. So I don't yeah. know how they would get by right now. It yeah. must be it must be tough, right? Mm. Yeah. So is there is there any uh, any new instruments in your uh, in your catalog? There, do you have you picked anything up recently? I haven't for about a year now. I guess it's been almost a year. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, well, yeah, I always have something in my sight. So, you know, I'm, you know I had to put <laughs> yeah. it back a year now because of, you know, the situation. So, yeah. 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 That was, that was so bad working at a music store, man. Like, I mean, being a musician alone, you always look at stuff and then being constantly surrounded by it. It's just like always in your face. You just like, it's, it's just absolutely poisonous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have to learn, really learn to control yourself, man. I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't bought anything now for a while, and uh, kind of mm. controlled myself a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. We'll keep the voice on quiet, and you can tell me what you actually bought. We'll just. Yeah. Right, right on. The Hopefully, the wife can't hear us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I remember seeing. I remember seeing somebody. Because I've been in the I've been in the uh, in the market. I want to get some sort of a semi hollow guitar, and uh, I'm just not a I'm not a fan of Epiphone semi hollows. I don't know why. Never been able to get into them. Don't have the money for a four thousand dollar Gibson. So, um, you know, it, I remember someone brought into the store one day. They had a George Benson uh, Ibanez model. You're right. And that one was really really nice. But uh, but yeah, I've just been trying to been trying to search for a semi hollow, and I can't. Can't seem to find one that's uh, that's suiting my price range and my and my desires. I know it's a hard thing to accomplish, but right. Well, I'll have to look and find you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find something. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been. I've, I want to try out the uh, the D'Angelico guitars. I heard yeah. those are really nice, but they're very nice. Can't get them around here anymore. I don't think. Mm, I don't know. I'd have to check. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they are very nice. <laughs> Mm. Have you played one before? No, I haven't. I've only mm. seen one. Someone brought one in one day. Let me have a yeah. look at it, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty nice." Yeah, I didn't play it. Mm. It's too bad. I should have. <laughs> no, I'll never play it. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to buy one. I'm not bringing it. Vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're getting we're getting close to an hour there, so we can we can wrap it up. But uh, but yeah, I mean. Thanks again, Mark, for being on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having yeah. me, man. It's great talking with you. Yeah, get like, get to do less and less of that now, especially that we're not uh, not working together anymore. But yes, mm -hmm. definitely enjoy the conversations. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah. Always lots of laughs. 
Absolutely, man. Yeah. That's what life is all is there, about, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there is there anything that you wanna you wanna promote that you haven't already? Anything else coming up in the works that you haven't talked about? Uh, nothing else I can think of. Like I said, the just the uh, concert, COVID Deep Roots COVID concert on the twenty seventh. That's mm-hmm. uh, on a Saturday at seven o'clock. And yeah. the only other thing is, like I said, we're gonna be releasing some music very soon. And yeah, we've got a, mm-hmm. a funk and R and B album and a gospel album. Sweet, so, yeah. You should. I'm. Mean, you might. I mean, I don't know if you did it or not, but it seems like the uh, the Valley Drive-In is doing a few concerts and stuff like that. So maybe you can reach out to them and get something going. Yes. Well, we were supposed to. That's happened. You know, we we were booked to do a concert Canada Day, a drive-in, mm-hmm. a drive-in concert at the Valley Drive-In, mm-hmm. and they shut it down this week. Hmm. They said that okay. they did, they weren't sure if we had the proper facilities, so they didn't want to risk doing it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. They, they just said they wouldn't. They weren't sure how many people would show up. We said, well, we only sell a certain amount of tickets, but yeah. yeah. Anyhow, they uh, they shut it down. So you might see one further in the summer. We might we might uh, still get in and do a drive-in concert. Yeah. Well, I mean, I a friend of mine on Facebook. I don't really listen to country, unfortunately. Well. Not necessarily, of course. I'm not a huge fan, but um, but Garth Brooks, I guess, is a pretty big, pretty big country singer. Yeah. Um, and he's doing a drive-in tour across Canada, basically, and he's performing at the Valley Drive-In. He's got a he's got a gig there. So. Awesome, buddy. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Uh, we can we can end it off here. Okay, man. Thanks again. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. That was my conversation with Mark Riley. Please go check out his virtual concert on June 27th at the Deep Roots Music Festival's Facebook page. And please go follow Mark on Instagram at markriley3538. If you have any questions, comments, or if there's a composer you'd like to see on the show, please send an email to composersconcepts at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please leave a review. It really helps grow the podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening, and take care.